Welcome back to the Sports Season Podcast. I'm your host, John Contreras, with my amazing co-host, Adam Garcia. And we're back to yet again another episode of us just recording when we want to. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's been. I'm very sorry. Um, okay, well, so we're, we're, yeah, we're just gonna keep it real with, with you guys for a second. Like, like we honestly stopped caring about like like the weekly stuff and just like this just became about like just us recording when we want to. Uh-huh. And now that the NFL season is over and all that, well, yeah, there's no more like weekly stuff. You're gonna get a ton of basketball stuff though. Yeah, so that's but, cool. just get ready for the less and less frequent ones. Uh-huh. Maybe some baseball as well, starting back up. But we yeah. we got us we got ourselves a stacked episode here in the comeback episode, I guess you can say. Yeah, I guess I don't know if I would call it a comeback though. Uh-huh. Yeah, but anyway, as you can, I'm pretty sure see on mine. Um, we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl briefly because, uh, well, it happened going on three weeks ago. Uh, so yeah, we still haven't talked about it. So anyway, we're gonna talk about it now. Which the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35, and Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl. How about that shit, huh? What a comeback win for the Chiefs after being down. I believe it was ten. Man, I, yeah, ten, ten. That's what. I, yeah, being down ten in the second quarter, and they came back to win, man. And Patrick Mahomes showing why he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And, well, you see his game right here. He had a 96.4 QBR, which was higher than Jalen Hurts. But I'm pretty sure you agree with me, John, like like unbiasedly as well. Jalen Hurts outperformed Patrick Mahomes in this game. Yes. Yes, Jalen. Oh, am I talking about? Like, oh, yeah, but, yeah, you can go ahead. But, like, yeah, Jalen Hurts on top of that. Jalen Hurts played a sensational game, man. He played absolutely, like, magnificent. Definitely his best game ever. I think you can agree with that. Yeah, especially because, like, the moment and all that as well. The yeah, biggest the game moment, of his life. The moment and, and, plus, and, plus, and plus also and, and also more pressure lapped on, lapped on from the NFL because it's, for, you know, it's first, like, first Super Bowl to have, like, to have two black quarterbacks starting. So it's kind of big. Yeah. And and Hurts and Mahomes, it credit to them. They put on amazing performances, but Hurts outplayed Mahomes, and he did well. He did, he did amazing. Like he was, he was good throwing the ball. He was good running. Running, I guess I don't know. I don't remember that much from the running, but like yeah, he was he was really good passing the ball like accurately, especially that one pass to AJ Brown, which was an amazing, beautiful pass. Getting the Eagles out, out of a, out of a lot of tough tough um, areas. Uh, that was my first word. I don't know, but 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 yeah, John Hurts played amazingly. Like honestly, probably deserved that ring more more than Mahomes. But it's a team sport after all, right? Yep. It is it is probably it is definitely probably mo- like the the most team sport in in the world. I think you can agree with that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, Hurts and the Eagles played well, and the offense played supremely well. Like Devontae Smith was playing well early, and then he got injured during the game, and really was ghost right after that. Fucking um, Dallas Gardner did well for the catch that he made. We got that one amazing catch that that the Chiefs challenged. Um, fucking Kenneth, not Kenneth Gainwell. Um, fuck, 
he did well. My, my him and my, him like Kenneth Gainwell outplayed Miles Sanders in my opinion. Yeah. And like um, I'm forgetting the fucking his fucking name. AJ not AJ Brown, but like, AJ Brown had that one amazing catch against Ken McDuffie, where he just like, just made, made. He literally him. faked him out. Yeah. Like he faked him out, like like did a little pump fake, as you know in basketball. <laughs> And it worked. He, he on Trent McDuffie, rookie, and it fucking worked. And amazing play by Hurts. Amazing, but more amazing play by AJ Brown. Quez Watkins sucks. And yeah, the offensive line did most did mostly good. There, actually, no. Offensive line, I was kind of disappointed by because I Hurts was getting pressured a lot during that game. Like I think you could probably agree with that. Yeah. Hurts was getting pressure a lot, and like, and it wasn't even from Chris Jones. Jason Kelsey held Chris Jones down most of, most of the game. It it was just like all the others, like they're getting pressure, like they didn't get a lot of sacks from it, but like they're getting pressure, which definitely which definitely disrupted Hurts. And, and, and then the Chiefs got that one, got and then the Chiefs got that fumble return with Nick Bolton. That that just sucks, man. But um. Yeah, like the yeah, but and then the second half, like their Eagles are playing well, like they're up to ten point lead. They had it looks it looks like it looks like the Eagles were gonna run were were at least gonna look like the better team looking like the better team at half. And then Rihanna played, which I don't know what you think about that performance of Rihanna. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it, man. Riri killed him. Okay, well, I don't know. There's like some people saying it was lip syncing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not yeah, I don't, yeah, just but yeah, Rihanna did mostly well. She sang a Kanye song, which I was surprised by. Me too. And then, yeah, Rihanna did good. And second half came out, and then the Eagles looked like a completely different team. What, like, we uh, it first started off with the Nick Bolt with the Nick Bolton touchdown, which I first, which I first thought he was face masked, but it was just on one camera angle that made it look like it, but. Yeah, Nick Bolton got got that play, and then we could then the defense, especially fucking Gannon, that little bitch, <laughs> yeah, that little bitch Gannon, man, holy shit! Don't worry, we're gonna talk about him later. Uh, yes, like Gannon, Gannon and the defense played horribly in the second half. Mahomes and and Kelsey were just tearing them apart. Sky Moore as well. They're they're doing a lot of pre-snap motion, like 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 a lot of like, looking like it was gonna be Jets, not Jeff Street, but like a lot of pre-snap motion with the receivers, and it worked every time. It worked on Avante Maddox. It worked on Darius Slay. That's that's how the Sky Moore touchdown. That's how the Sky Moore and Juju ha- Juju session happened. If I'm correct about that one, because but um. And and then and then like fucking um Kadarius Tony got that big ass return that sucked and then that set up the Sky Moore touchdown as well. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, even though he didn't get a lot of, get a lot of running time, he played he did run really well against the team against that team. The Eagles D line wasn't getting pressure in the second half or or at all in the game, which was really disappointing because seventy sacks. 70 sacks and we and we just and we just killed the 49ers and, and like Hassan Reddick was like the one that actually probably got pressured during the game like Sweat didn't do well like um Sweat, Graham 
Quinn and Dominican and Dominican Sue. He got pressure, I think, once, and then like Jordan Davis and Lambo Joseph were doing well in the run stopping department. And yeah, and then the fucking yeah, and then we chill, and then we. I don't know, man. We we just we just couldn't get a drive like over during that. And then the AJ Brown touchdown happened, and then that made it close. And then Chiefs started running off with it slowly. Like it, this Cannon's defense is sucked, man. Like I don't know what else to say about that. It was like like Gannon sucked. The offense started off slow and it couldn't recover from that after. And then Mahomes just did Mahomes things, like you know. I don't know, like, and then you and then you saw me cry after the game. <laughs> Sorry, that was mean. But yeah, man, Patrick Mahomes just did Patrick Mahomes things, proving why, in my personal opinion, he's the most talented quarterback to ever play the game. I'm not saying the best, but I'm saying talented. In my opinion, he's the most talented quarterback to ever play the game, and man, he. He's so special, man. I mean, him and Travis Kelsey, that connection, one of the greatest of all time. And then Travis Kelsey, you got to put him probably at your very least top five tight end of all time. He is incredible. But I'm going to talk about something that you didn't talk about. And that was the controversial, at the end of the game, pass interference call on James Bradbury. There wasn't like yes, it was holding, but like that was an incatch. Like that pass was not catchable. That shouldn't have been called anyway. And plus, and plus the refs didn't call shit that entire game. And plus, the field sucked. Oh yeah, the the Cardinals field. Everyone was slipping and shit. Yeah, like they spent two years on that fucking field. Unbelievable. Two years, I think almost, I think $800,000, almost a million on that field, and for it to be the most slippery fucking field of all time, they couldn't use cleats. <laughs> Crazy. But, yeah, there wasn't a holding, man. Well, like, they kind of, technically it was, yes, but like, you you don't call that because it was incatchable, man. Also at that point of the game as well. But... Yeah. Wait, you agree? I agree that, like, maybe, like, at that point of the game, you probably shouldn't call that because that basically determines the game right there, and it did for this. And, yeah, like, I think regardless, like, it was definitely holding, like, for sure. Exactly. Bradbury himself said it. But, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't think you call that at that point in time. I mean... It would have definitely shaped up for a way better ending than we got, but uh, it is what it is. Chiefs got the dub at the end of the day. And plus, and plus, like, and plus, like, with the score, with the with the field goal, which they probably would have made it, it still would have been a one possession game. Yeah, because it was tied at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And we could have saw Jalen Hurts get a well his last chance, and fortunately he, he well he technically did get a chance at the end, but I mean we all knew nothing was gonna come of it. That fucking hell, Mary. Yeah, that was really bad. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean that's really it. That was Super Bowl Fifty Seven, man. Patrick Mahomes secures his second Super Bowl championship, 
after his third time to the Super Bowl. It's crazy that we're saying that already for Patrick Mahomes. But he's one of the greatest of all time already. Proved it again in the Super Bowl. Why, man? So, oh, yeah. Also fucking, like, the game is over and all that. And, like, Juju and all them is are still is still going after Eagles players for whatever reason. But, yeah. Fucking clowns, man. Fuck Juju. <laughs> and also Jackson Mahomes. What happened? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that stuff happened to Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll move on right now though, and we will move on to well, as you can see on my screen right now, this man right here, the former offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, Shane Steichen. So, we talked about. The three head coaching hires that already happened, that was Sean Payton to the Broncos, D'Amico Ryans to the Texans, and then, oh my god, I'm literally fucking free. free out Frank Wright to the Panthers, okay. And, but now, we're going to talk about the other two, because we saw in the last episode, we would update you when the final two happened, and, well, they happened while we were gone. And so, the first one was former Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen getting hired to be the offensive what the fuck getting uh hired to be the head coach of the indianapolis colts man so i'm not gonna lie i thought they were gonna hire just saturday again i'm just glad they didn't do that because yeah that would have been a disaster but i think it's a great hire like um i know we're giving grades on it like um i would go b plus like he was great while he was with the the uh chargers and obviously we know we did with philadelphia this past year i mean um the colts they're obviously in the qb market um we're gonna do a mock draft later um so you'll see who we have them taking but i think they're definitely in the qb market maybe they take a quarterback so maybe you get shane steichen a guy who worked with jalen hurts and well helped shape him into the quarterback he is now maybe he gets to work with a rookie quarterback and see what he can do with that so i think that's a w higher for the colts again i would probably go with the b plus i'm i'm expecting like he'll do all right in indianapolis i, I think he'll do all right yep shane Steichen, like I'll, i'm gonna give it an a minus because i i like this higher line shane Steichen, brilliant offensive mind done well with the Chargers, helped develop Justin Herbert and that offense. Did well, did some good things there with the Chargers for, I don't know how long, I also don't know how long for the Chargers. But then for his two years with the Eagles, you know, you know, like helped Jalen Hurts in his improvement in second year two. Did did well, but not good, but not good. Second year, MVP candidate if he was healthy. Was hurts that offense did amazingly one of the best offenses in the nfl as you know with a lot with a lot of pieces just shane seconds done has done great things with the chargers and eagles this past year that was offensive coordinator and and if you like look at like the quarterbacks that like he's worked with they all can scramble like you know herbert can you know herbert can run at him right you know you know, Hurts is especially a, is especially a runner, right? Yeah, I think I think if you if you want like Steichen's like best like 
like mind work with with the quarterback, you probably want to go with someone who can scramble. If I'm the Colts, but I don't know, but 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 Steichen, but Steichen's gonna be a good. It's gonna be great for the Colts. I think it's gonna bring some bring some new life into that Colts offense that that's been struggling in the QB market and just the offensive market in general ever since Andrew Luck retired. And I think he'll do some great things with there. And plus, they're going off with. They still have a defense who was one who who I think can still can still be good. I think I don't know. You might disagree with that. Oh, I mean, they got some good players still. They got De- sorry, Shaq Leonard. They got DeForest Buckner over there as well. They got their emergence of Glover Stewart, who I really like for them. Kenny Moore, yes. And then, um, yeah, that's probably it. Yeah. Just like, I, yeah, I like this defense can still be probably top ten. So, if they play their cards right with the quarterback or or possible free agent quarterback, who knows? Like they, this team could be back in the playoffs in year one. Division sucks as well. Yeah. So right, so this might be like a good opportunity for maybe a Colts turnaround in year one. Mm-hmm. I, but, I definitely see it. But I don't know, but. But we don't know. We can't tell in the future. Time will tell, and Shane and I think Shane Steichen will do some good things with that offense in in, in Indy. I agree. Well, Jim, uh, I said we we're going to talk about him later. That later is now. <laughs> it's time to talk about the last coaching hire, and that is I just is Photoshop really badly. Anyway, um, <laughs> whatever is fine. Uh, Anyway, the last coaching hire, and that is that Eagles defensive coordinator. So the Eagles lose both of their coordinators. <laughs> now they lose their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, to become the Arizona Cardinals' new head coach. So Jonathan Gannon, he led the Eagles to one of the best defenses in the league this year in the regular season. And also throughout their two playoff games against the 49ers and the Giants as well. They their defense played incredible. I mean, again, like how you said, their team had 70 sacks this year. I'm pretty sure that's second all time, I'm pretty sure, or if not third. I think that's third behind the 84 and 85 Bears. Yeah, it, I mean, second, third are all time. Like it they had a great, great year. They were one of the best defenses in the league, and for a reason. I mean, they had a legit Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Hassan Reddick, who had, what, 18 and a half? No, no, both had 18 and a half. I think he had, like, uh, 16 and a half or something like that. And probably, if you combine playoff, probably 18. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, just a Defensive Player of the Year candidate in Hassan Reddick, who emerged as, well, one of the top edge rushers in this league. And then also just everyone else on that defensive line with 10-plus sacks. That was, like, Brandon Graham, fucking uh, um, Josh Wett. Like, Javon uh, Hargrave. Yeah, Hargrave was the other one. So, yeah, like, their defensive line was absolutely outstanding. One of the best that we've ever seen. And then the defenses as well, like uh, – TJ Edwards, we saw, was, I'm pretty sure, top five in tackles, I think. So, yeah, yeah, that's something. Um, And then their secondary was incredible by the play of Big Play Slay and James Bradbury. They were both top five corners, I think, this season. 
especially Bradbury, who was great this year. But, yeah, anyway, they had a great defense over there this year in Philadelphia, and now he is taking those talent to the Arizona Cardinals. But you can't forget to talk about the Super Bowl, where they gave up 38 points. And I know you might call his bias as well, but their two biggest ones, I mean, they gave up 40 to the Cowboys as well. That was probably, like, their second worst performance of the year. So, yeah, like, they had, like, I guess two, like, bad games like that, I guess. But anyway, like, yeah, like, but for the Super Bowl, I mean, giving up a comeback win while you were up 10, your defense played horrible in the second half, absolutely got no pressure at all throughout the game. I mean, it was horrible for Jonathan Gannon. I'm not really a fan of this hiring. Um, I'm going to give it a C. Like, not even a C plus, I'm going to give it a C. Um, I'm not expecting too much from Jonathan Gannon in Arizona, not going to lie. Apparently, the players like him, but, I mean, I I would imagine they would say that about almost every guy there. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of this move, not going to lie. I know you're not as well, so I'm going to let you take the floor with it. Oh, man. What do I have to say? First off, I'm going to say... I'm gonna. I feel like that this that this that the players and the players have more to do with that defense being great than the fucking Gannon. To be honest, I think he just had lots of talent and and you and his scheme worked with that talent. Especially since like the like the two like okay hold on like let me how do I say this um the times that like every time the like a good a good quarterback played this defense they torched them they torched the defense like you look at Dak Prescott which yeah Dak Pre- Dak Prescott you got Mahomes um those are the ones that come to mind you can I can remember right now but but what but like when those two played them 30 plus points and co- coincidentally both of those games were losses just absolutely like not good stuff because like especially like his like scheme is good against decent to the terrible quarterbacks like it's good against the Kirk Cousins the Kirk Cousins and Zach Wilsons of the world but it's not going to be good enough against against Dak Prescott Lamar or or Mahomes or Josh Allen like all those quarterbacks like those quarterbacks would torch that defense but like Kirk like people like Kirk Cousins Derek Carr like. They they would they would not do well against the defense, especially with like the pressure coming on their face. Like it's just it's just a defense that's like this like schemed in a way to like to like go after the weaker quarterback. It just doesn't it, like the scheme just like doesn't work with a good quarterback comes in. Like you had the best pass defense this year, like that's good stuff, but like it it was just I think he's just overrated at best, and plus like since like the defense last year was terrible. Like the Eagles defense last year was terrible. I, I believe he, you know, he was not there for, he was not there for when the Eagles were terrible, but like, yeah, but both time, like last year, like he, he didn't coach a good defense. It, it was not good. And Philly fans hated him. And I do still. And Gannon was like, I'm going to stay. I'm staying here. And then just got hired. So yeah, you have no fucking loyalty. 
But yeah, for the Cardinals, this is not going to be good. <laughs> I can tell this is not going to be good. Uh, like I remember, like like if you remember, like before he got hired, like he was in the running before Jamico became a thing. Like he was, he was looked like he was, he was the prime candidate for the Texans, which that was funny. <laughs> yeah, they would have hired their third ass coach in a year. Well, Dave Coley wasn't that bad, at least I don't think. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Bro, <laughs> he got that team to four wins, with which which that's a miracle by itself. No, dude. He had no coaching experience though. Yeah, like like Gannon, like that would be funny if he went to Texans, but but going to another dysfunctional organization and in the fucking Cardinals, who is in their own is their own mess of their own because because he has to work with Kyler, which apparently a lot of coaches don't want to work with. You have to work his with Kyler. Big ass contract. Yeah, and his big ass contract and probably ego. I'm guess I'm guessing why. <laughs> but and, and like that, de- and then terrible defense and aging JJ Watt. But you got some good pieces there. You got Buda Baker. You got you got underrated safety. You got also another underrated safety in Jalen Thompson. It's just like they don't have like a lot of good pieces on the team, especially with that organization. It's really dysfunctional. Steve Kime, I think, it like stepped down too after he got extended. Also, but, they're gonna trade DeAndre Hopkins probably. Yeah, DeAndre D-Hop is probably gonna get traded. He's probably gonna get traded, and it's just, <laughs> it's just a, a lot of like the Cardinals are a bit of a mess right now. And plus, Kyler's not gonna play for most of the year. Yeah. Like Kyler's not gonna be, not gonna play, so they're probably gonna sign like a free agent quarterback like James Winston or someone to play to play most of the games, tear off the line. Like not that many good pieces on defense, except for like Buda Baker and maybe Byron Murphy if you can resign them. Like Jalen Thompson and aging J. I mean, actually, no, JJ Watt. I'm going to say that. <laughs> yeah, he retired. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like it's it shows you how late we're recording this. But like, yeah, but <laughs> it's just not a good team. Dysfunctional organization, organization all around. And he brought the Eagles linebackers coach with with them, which cool okay <laughs> like I, I don't know but yeah but yeah I don't expect this to be good I'm gonna give him a, a D plus it's just I don't think it's gonna go well for the Cardinals I think it's gonna be it's gonna be another shit show yeah so we both agree Gannon was the worst head coaching hire of the off season so far and we don't think it's that close yeah and, and then like the other ones we gave pretty good grades to so, yeah, they're mostly all good except for fucking Gannon. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. And yeah, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, I think that yeah, it was a doubt. The worst, like, of all. Oh yeah, was, oh, oh yeah. I don't, know, I don't know if you want to talk about this because I kind of want to, but I want to mention this. Eric Bieniemy has now left Kansas City. Yes, he has. He is now with Washington. Yeah, so let's see if let's see if 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 working with Sam Howell is is going to do it. <laughs> Dude, I swear he is only there because he still wants to be a head coach. I swear that's the only reason he's yeah, there. Yes. I mean, like, I, I mean, like, I, I, at first I was thinking of staying there just because, like, oh, I guess, I guess he's gonna take over once Andy Reid retires. But at this point, it doesn't look like Andy Reid's going anywhere, bro. Yeah, man. It's just like, 
I don't know, man. Like I thought Andy, like Andrew was asked about retirement, and then he was like, uh, he was like, I'm not going anywhere. And Bianami was left now with the Commanders, which sucks for us. Yes, it does. But I'm literally, I think it's because I think the Commanders are gonna miss the playoffs unless they get like a quarterback. If they fucking get Lamar, I swear. But anyway, <laughs> if they um if they get like a decent quarterback, okay, they have a shot to make the playoffs. But I don't think they're going to. I'll just say that. So in that case, I think Ron Rivera is going to get fired. And then I think they're going to promote Eric Bieniemy to their head coach. That's why I think he took the job. Maybe. But, like, if Ron Rivera somehow does not get fired, which he should have got fired this year. <laughs> exactly. He, like, like there's some, there's some teams that could need coaches. Maybe the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe the Chargers, like... That's the only team that comes to my mind that's a good team because just get Herbert out of there, please. And just get him a damn coach and weapons. And like I don't know, man, but like Vietnamese, like maybe team like a competent organization would just be good. Would be good. Mhm. But yeah, we just wanted to mention that because I just because that just came into my mind right now. Yeah, it sucks that he's in our division now. But anyway, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's time to move on, Jim. We're yeah. moving on to our first mock draft. Yeah, switch that tab. I, I am. Don't worry. I just need to look at the packs. I look at the picks. Sorry. But, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah. We're doing our first 2023 NFL mock draft. As you know, the draft is literally next month. So. Yeah, we're waiting. We waited a bit for it. But anyway, we know a little bit more about the prospects and all that. Um, the combine is currently going on, and we saw Anthony Richardson just absolutely destroy the combine. So his stock definitely went up. We saw a deep lineman run a 4 4. Yes, which is how. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, bro, like, imagine at this point, like, if we go in the future, like, like these, like, D linemen are probably going to run, like, wide receivers. It's crazy. Also, the man that I'm currently circling right now, um, if you're listening to it only, I'm circling Jalen Carter. He is in a little bit of trouble. So, you yeah. Yeah, you nah. Nah, nah, it's okay. <laughs> you need to know he's just in a little bit of trouble. That's it. Really, yeah, that's Bennett. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you should know about Sensen Bennett already, but anyway, yeah, let's move on because we got uh, we are going to do it. I'm gonna take control of the uh, odd number picks, you are gonna take control of the even number picks, exp- uh, except when I get to the Cowboys, then I'll do that pick, but yeah. anyway, also, um. You're going to see a pick that we made while we were making it, um, and that is the Bills. Um, we decided to change, th- and we decided to change that player because we didn't like the pick. So, yeah, just don't worry about that. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you once we get to the Bills pick. But anyway, let's start off. Uh, also, we're not doing trades because that's bullshit. So anyway, let's start off with the number one overall pick. I had the Chicago Bears selecting Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. I had him taking Will Anderson because, um, well, the stuff going on with Jalen Carter. 
I think Jalen Carter is the best player in the draft. But with all this stuff going on right now, I think his stock fell to me. So that's why I think the Bears are going to take Will Anderson. So. With the number two pick, we're taking my shit. Hold on. Oh, here. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll be not ready for this yet. Sorry. I was totally not ready. I was so not ready for this. With the number two pick, the fucking, the fucking Texans. Yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm, like, out of it right now. <laughs> I'm, like, away. Um, the num- I have the Texans taking Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama. You know, he might be 5'10". He might have not done nothing at the Combine. But the Texans need a quarterback. Davis Mills is clearly not that. Like, you know, Davis Mills is not good. You compare him up. You need a new, like, face for that for that franchise, a new face for the offense. Because, like, right now, they ain't got jack shit. They got, some, they got two good players on offense. And that's Larry Townsville and Brandon Cooks. And Damian Pierce, I'm proud of him. <laughs> but... You need a quarterback because it'll really excel excel you. And I think Bryce Young could be that quarterback. I'm saying could because he could be a bust. Absolutely. The height is definitely a it's definitely a factor, don't yeah, The skinny boy as well. Yes, he is. Anyway, with the third overall pick, I had the Arizona Cardinals selecting Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Uh, I had him going here again instead of number one because, well, the stuff that he's in right now. But anyway, I think he is the best player in the draft, in my opinion. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals get an absolute stud here if, like, all this shit, like, bypasses with him and nothing comes of it. So, yeah, I mean, he's literally at the Combine right now, so I guess that's a good sign. I don't know. So, yeah, anyway, yeah, I had the Cardinals taking Jalen Carter at three. All right, number four, I have the Colts taking C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. You know, like we said, we were talking about Steichen a bit ago, and we are saying they, they need a quarterback, and this is who we think we're going to take. We're, we're, we think they're going to take C.J. Stroud. They need a quarterback because, Jesus Christ, they a good one since Andrew Locke. They tried, they, it was basically like a rent-a-quarterback era for them. But now hopefully that hopefully that will that, end with C.J. Stroud, you know. He can move. Kind of, not a lot, but he can move. <laughs> he, has, he has a good arm. He doesn't do well under pressure, though, so that might be that might be bad, especially with that Colts off the line. But it's fine. Like you know, they they have a, in my opinion, a real quarterback now, so that's good. That's good for the Colts. Yep. And with the number five overall pick, I had the Seattle Seahawks with Denver's pick, by the way, selecting Tyree Wilson, the edge out of Texas Tech. I really like Tyree Wilson, not going to lie. I thought he was a great player, especially playing in the Big 12. Uh, I got to see him whenever he played Texas. So, yeah, he also did really good that game. So, yeah, anyway. Yeah, but Tyree Wilson, I think he does go in the top five to Seattle. I, Seattle definitely needs an edge. Boom, you get one right here in Tyree Wilson, who I think is one of the best players in the draft. So I think it's a great pick by Seattle, and it fills a need that they definitely needed. With the number six overall pick, I have the Lions taking Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. You know, he played a really good at Oregon, strapped on corner at Oregon. 
lit it up at the combine, ran a four three. If I'm correct about that one, <laughs> um, I don't know honestly. He lit up at the combine. Play, plays well. I like him a lot. I like him more than Devon Witherspoon. And and the, cor- the Lions need cornerbacks because you know Jeff Okuda and and Amani or Warrior are not gonna, are not are not going to cut it for you. I, was like, I think you know that. Absolutely. Unless they get John Ramsey, which who is on the trade market right now. Yes, he is, and that is a prime candidate to get him. Yeah. So, but but they probably have to trade that pick for it for him though. Most likely. But yeah, if they don't get him, I think they should draft Christian Gonzalez. So I think since he's the best cornerback in the draft, in my opinion, and yeah. Mhm. Now I got a little fun with this with the number seven overall pick. I had the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. Anthony Richardson, damn well might be my favorite quarterback in this draft class. This guy is six foot four, two twenty, and he just ran a four 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 at the combine. Like what? What the fuck? And then he set, like, a QB record for, like, the vertical jump or whatever it was. And then, like, another record for some I'm literally forgetting right now. So, yeah, I mean, Anthony Richardson, teams, you can tell, are definitely high on him. He is definitely a raw prospect. He has only played 13 games at the college level for Florida. So, yeah, definitely a raw prospect. He's 21 years old. Definitely going to have to develop him, but he said he's down for that role, and whoever gets him, I have Vegas taking him here. Man, you get you pair him up with one of the best receivers in the league in Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. It's pretty damn good, if you ask me. Um, I think, like, maybe you can sit behind Stidham even if you want for, like, a couple games, maybe midseason. Just see if he, yeah. Just see what he is and all that. But I think he's going to be great in this league. He has all the abilities to be great. So I'm going to say that the Raiders go with him at seven. Yeah, and since like they cut Derek Carr, and, and I think they set themselves that they're not going to go for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's also on the trade market. <laughs> yes, he is. All right, so with the number... Eighth overall pick, I have the Atlanta Falcons taking Quentin Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU. You know, this is not really a good wide receiver class, significantly. I think you can tell, right? Yeah. Since yeah, since like you know the past three, like three years, like past three years in a row have been stacked at wide receiver, but this year isn't really that stacked. We don't really have them. We don't really have that many wide receivers. I like. I think probably one or two at most, but. Quentin Johnson, I think I like a lot. I, he has good hands, like his route running. He's kind of, and yeah, yeah, he played played a big game, and fucking he played a big role in that in that Michigan game where they where they won and got that long ass touchdown. And yeah, I think and and the Falcons need need a wide receiver alongside Drake London to pair a lot pair alongside Drake London and Kyle Pitts if they can throw the ball to Kyle Pitts. And, yeah, I think it'll be good for them. Absolutely. At number nine, I have the Carolina Panthers selecting Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. And I'm going to keep it short and sweet. They hired Frank Wright, so they're going to draft a tall white quarterback there. That's all you need to know for the Panthers. 
Okay. With the number 10 overall pick, I have my Philadelphia Eagles taking Miles Murphy out of Clemson. You know, I could have picked some. I could have picked some other players with this with this pick. I could have picked. Could have picked uh, like I could have picked another defensive edge. I could have picked an, a defensive tackle. I could have picked a corner. But I think right now, Miles Murphy, out of the players that, that haven't been picked, is the best one out, out of all these. You know, with Brandon Graham, probably like is in limbo of leaving or, or not. He won't stay. But I don't know if he. I don't know if how he's gonna give him the contract. And plus, Robert Quinn is gonna go. And you know. And and you know with with how with Howie and the fucking GM he he likes his he likes his defensive linemen with a lot of depth and and whether or not Graham's gonna be here he'll I think they'll still still draft him. And next, my pick is the Tennessee Titans at eleven, and I have them going with Peter Skaronski, the uh the tackle even though I think he should be a guard, out of Northwestern. So, yeah, as I just said, I think Peter Skaronski would be uh, way better as a guard. He has some small-ass arms. So, yeah, shift him over to guard. The Texans just cut Taylor Lewan, so they're in desperate need of an offensive lineman. Titans did. Um, yeah, Titans, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, so they're in desperate need of an lineman. Well, 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 funny you said the Texans because that's our next pick. <laughs> yes, it is. That's well, where I was looking. <laughs> well, with the Houston Texans with their second, with their second first round pick, with that's the twelfth pick, I have them taking Devon Witherspoon, cornerback of Illinois. I like Devon Witherspoon a lot, just not as much as Christian Gonzalez. And plus, uh, they need another cornerback to pair alongside Derek Stingley, who played excellent. And I think. I think he'll do well. He'll do well with Stingley. Create, like probably one, like if this works out, one of the best, one of the best cornerback duos in the league. Very high hopes, but I definitely think it could be done. Next up was the 13th pick and the New York Jets, and I had them taking Paris Johnson, Jr. out of Ohio State, the tackle, of course. Uh, yeah, he is meant to be a natural tackle. He's very raw as well. He's a raw prospect from Ohio State. But I think it would go really well for their new quarterback, whoever that will be, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers. Or maybe they want to fucking draft someone. I don't know. But they'll probably look for a free agent quarterback as that team is very well near contending. So... I think they get themselves a nice offensive lineman to add to that O-line so they can make their quarterback, their well, their new quarterback, feel a lot more comfortable in the pocket. So, yeah, I, I really like that pick for the Jets. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, I also want to say this, bro. Wait, I think – I don't think the Jets are too keen on training Zach Wilson. Yeah, probably <laughs> keeping him as a backup for whatever reason. Right. For what backup? He's terrible. Exactly. There's no reason I have him as backup. Have him as your third string so he can be nowhere near the field. Yeah, you know, they should put Mike White as a backup. <laughs> I don't know, man. But at the 14th pick, I have the, te- oh my God. I have the Patriots t- taking Lucas Van Ness, the edge out of Iowa. You know, the Patriots right now, this pick really could just be best player available. It could really be anyone, to be honest. It could, but I think Patriots pick should be best player available since they, they, they don't – like they have a lot of needs, but like yeah, I don't know. But 
they, but I think he'll, good. he'll do well with, with Matt Judon. Yeah, I really like these finesse. Um, next up, I had the 15th pick and the Green Bay Packers selecting Jackson Smith and Jigba, wide receiver, Ohio State. I have back-to-back Ohio State players going for me. And, well, what do the Packers need the most? They need wide receiver. And you get, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the draft in Jackson Smith and Jigba. And, man, he was so damn good at Ohio State, even when Justin Fields was there as well. Chris Olave said he was the best receiver while he was there. So, I mean, it's pretty damn great whenever Chris Olave, Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate, says that about you. I'm very, very high on Jack Smith and Jake, but I want the Cowboys to get him, but I don't think he's going to fall that far. But anyway, um, yeah, like uh, his boy as well, CJ Stroud, talked very well of him. So, yeah, I mean, Packers, whether it's going to be Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers, you give him a target, and, well, you get the best receiver in the draft, in my opinion, Jack Smith and Jigba, which they desperately fucking need a receiver. But are they going to pick on the first round? I don't know, because they're the damn Packers, and they haven't done that in years. It was the 16th pick. I have the commies. <laughs> Funny. The commanders taking Broderick Jones, the tackle out of Georgia. You know, the commanders, they need, they, they need offensive linemen badly. Like, you know, Sam Cosme and Charles Leno. Sam Cosme is okay, but Charles Leno sucks. And and especially with their, with their, um, oh my God, what am I forgetting? Their, uh, oh my, I forgot their quarterback. Oh my God. Well, the commanders? Yes. Oh my God. Well, Heineke? Yeah. I, I, I really doubt they're going to draft a quarterback or get it or sign one at this point. But honestly, they could name Jimmy G, but I don't know. But who, but who, whoever it's gonna be, I think it's mostly gonna be Heineke. But but um, they need a, they need better protection for their quarterback. Whether it's gonna be Heineke or a free agent quarterback, or possibly Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Stetson Bennett, that's crazy. That'll be funny. Oh my god. But but yeah, but but yeah, I think he'll do well. Hold. Do a lot better than Charles Leno as a tackle because your offensive line mostly sucks. Yeah. So next up with my pick, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 17, selecting Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State. This is very simple. They uh, literally traded for. Oh my! Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, uh, William Jackson, they traded for him at the trade deadline, and then he literally got cut or whatever, or he's about to get cut, so they literally got him for nothing, so, yeah, and, well, they need cornerback desperately, okay, they really, really need corner outside, like, offensive line and, like, linebacker, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, they need corner, Joey Porter Jr., I like him a lot, it's a very good corner class, so, you can definitely get one, maybe even get one another one later if you want. But I think Joey Porter Jr. is here. You take him here at this pick. I, I really like it for the Steelers. With the 18th pick, I have the lies taking Kalijah Kansi. I'm going to make this very simple. Um, the Lions desperately need deep defensive line. 
because they didn't get a lot of pressure. And Aiden Hutchinson, Aiden, Hutchinson, Aiden Hutchinson cannot do it all by himself. And just yeah, they need defensive line, and boom, they got it. They hopefully got they got a good one here. With the 19th pick, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting Brian Brisset, the D lineman out of Clemson. Well, they have Vita Vea. Uh, Shaq Barrett is a prime cut candidate. So there's that. Levante David as well, even though he's not a defensive lineman. But, well, he's a de- very like good defensive player for them. So I think they add Brian Brisset to add to that defensive line to help out Vita Vea, who is a stud over there. So, yeah, now you get Brian Brisset to uh, pair with him. So sounds pretty good. Oh, my God. I forgot who the Seahawks have. You forgot who you picked with the Seahawks? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh my they, God. You, they, you took Anton Harrison. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I have the Seahawks taking Anton Harrison, the tackle of Oklahoma. And, I'm just, and the Seahawks need tackle. They took one last year. Charles Cross, he, he did good. He, yeah, Charles Cross did good. Probably the best offensive line they have, and I think you know, I think you want to argue that, right? Yeah, he's probably yes. Yeah, and and you know there is two tackles, then you know there is two tackles, and you need offensive linemen, and he is the best offensive lineman there. So you can take Anton Harrison. Hopefully, you have hopefully you have your most important position, right tackle, that hopefully locked down. And then. Well, this would be the Miami Dolphins pick, but it was forfeited. So, with the 21st pick, the Los Angeles Chargers, I had them taking Maisie Smith, the defensive lineman out of Michigan. I really like Maisie Smith. Uh, we did this on PFF. I don't know why he was so down far, the, the, I guess, player board, I guess you can say. So, yeah, I don't know why he was. I think he's for sure going in the first round. I think he did very well at the combine as well. So yeah, I think the Chargers. You desperately, I mean, desperately need defensive line, man. Because uh, Khalil Mack, even though he's an edge, he's gonna get cut. Joey Bosa, you don't honestly. I don't know what's happening with Joey Bosa if he's gonna stay or not. So you need interior defensive linemen. Boom, you get Macy Smith right there. Awesome pick. So I have the Baltimore Ravens, which they might lose them on. <laughs> but don't worry, Adam. They have a mobile quarterback, Tyler Huntley, at the rescue. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> but anyway, they, I had the Baltimore Ravens taking, um, okay, Jordan, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC. Yep, this is like how weak this wide receiver class is. <laughs> but Jordan Addison for... For like you know, I I like some things about Jordan Addison. I, I like like his speed. I, I like his route. I like it. yeah. That's really all. Yeah, I like speed. <laughs> he's a very short receiver. Yeah, he's very short. <laughs> he's very short, which uh, it might hurt him in the NFL. But I don't know. It, he just needs to put on the pounds, and hopefully the route running can get better. But. But yeah, the the Ravens need a wide receiver because ba- because they got Bateman, they got all those guys who who are not start or not stars, and the and whoever that quarterback's gonna be, whether it's gonna be Lamar Jackson, your franchise quarterback, or Pro Bowl quarterback Tyler Huntley, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, 
Honestly, let's just be honest. They're 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 most likely gonna lose Lamar. I don't know. They're probably gonna franchise tag him, and then he's just not want to. He's not gonna want to play, which he shouldn't. He should definitely get a new damn contract. Yeah, remember they reported like they were like a hundred million dollars apart. That's um, fucking ridiculous. If that is true, <laughs> like that that is actually crazy. But anyway, also I like Rashad Bateman. I really like Rashad Bateman, but I don't like anyone else this year. But anyway, n- no, no, come on, no. Yeah, but, he's he's a great return man, but no. Yeah, but anyway, Jordan Addison, he was a good receiver at Pitt, and then USC kind of sucked. He was alright, yeah, but he was definitely better at Pitt. Anyway, moving on with the twenty-third pick. I had the Minnesota Vikings selecting Cam Smith, the corner out of South Carolina. He was widely regarded as one of the best corners in the draft, like for sure a top two, three to go earlier before the college season started is slowly falling off as we've seen the rise of Christian Gonzalez, of Keely Ringo, out of like Joey Porter, just to name a few guys. So, yeah, like... Uh, and he's still here. He's like reminding everyone, hey, I'm still here. I'm pretty damn good. So I think the Vikings do select him at 23. And well, we all know they need corner because Pat P is, even though he played well this year, he's Pat P. He's old. And then, well, they had literally have no one else. I cannot name a single other cornerback on their roster. Huh. Cameron Dantzler. Yeah, but he's not that good. All right, with my next pick, well, I don't know. With the next pick, I had the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida. Jaguars, they need offensive linemen. It looks like they're, I think they're going to re-sign Cam Robinson and and Juwan Taylor. And uh, I and they need, they need guard, you know, like the, they have Brandon Lander. They're a center. They don't need a center. He, Brandon Lander is pretty good. And they Brandon. Need some, Brandon Lander, yeah. I don't think he's there, though. I swear Brandon Linder is still there. All right, let me check. Am I high, bro? Am I high? <laughs> I swear Brandon Linder is not there. I'm not Oh, my God. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. No, he's he's no, he's not there. <laughs> the Jaguars. Oh, wow. No, look. He played eight seasons with the Jaguars. No, he's not there. He, look, he's retired. Oh my, oh my god. I, I think just... this is their guy, Tyler Shanley. Because I know, yeah, they have Andrew Norwell and then, uh, wait, no, Andrew Norwell's with the Commanders. So I don't know that. But they have uh, Brandon Sheriff. That's the other guy. Brandon, hold on, wait, Jack, wait, Brandon Sheriff? There's no way he's on, the, he's on the Jaguars. I swear to you, he is. Look, watch this. Look, Brandon Sheriff is with them, I swear. If he is, I don't remember him once. Look, you see? For the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't remember him once on that He's been there for like two years now. I do not remember him once, man. Yeah, he's now there. Okay, whatever, man. Anyway, but they need someone alongside fucking Brandon Sheriff, man. And and there's not that many good centers left. And I know Cyrus Torrance is a guard and the knee guard. And yeah, that's why. Mm-hmm. With the 25th pick, I had the New York Giants selecting Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. 
Well, the Giants desperately need receiver after taking Wandell Robinson, who unfortunately got injured in the season. That's why we didn't see him too, too much. But we know that they are about to cut Kenny Galladay whenever the new season starts. But that's our receiver. Yeah. He caught one touchdown for them. So, yeah. It was an amazing catch, too. Yeah, on big place play as well. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah, they desperately need a wide receiver. Uh, I don't, not the biggest fan of Zay Flowers, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to say he goes here to the Giants. And then I had the next pick as well because it is the Cowboys at 26, and I have them selecting Nolan Smith. He is available on the board for us. And I am picking him. He tested great at the Combine. I don't know if this is going to happen in real life. If he falls to 26 in real life. But if he does, they better fucking pick him. So, yeah, he can go alongside the edge. Alongside Micah Parsons. Which, damn, I can just picture that right now. That is beautiful. So, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for that. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I I am doing the Bills as well. Okay, so here... uh, well, uh, well, you, actually, you can't see it, but we had the Bills selecting Steve Avila, the guard from TCU. We have since changed that pick <laughs> because we forgot Brian Branch was still available. So we changed it to Brian Branch because we are assuming that Jordan Poyer is going to leave him this offseason. Yeah, that's basically why we did it. Because we had to take Brian Branch in the first round. That is, that is why we did that. <laughs> All right, with the 28th pick, we have the Cincinnati Bengals taking Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah. And it's simple because the Bengals need tight end because that's been their – that's been their weakest position at that offense besides their whole offensive line. And, uh, you know, go, you know, we'll get them, we'll draft them a nice piece, a, a nice piece for that, for Joe Burrow in that stacked offense besides the off- the whole offensive line. So, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And then, with the 29th pick, we had the New Orleans Saints taking Keeley Ringo, the corner out of Georgia. Um, it's pretty simple. Uh, they need cornerback outside of Marshawn Lattimore, and they get a good one here in Keeley Ringo. Really like him, so I had him picking with the Saints here. I think it's a pretty good fit, if you ask me. All right. <laughs> With the 30th pick, I have my Philadelphia Eagles taking Bijan Robinson, the, the running back out of Texas. Oh, man, you should tell Marco right now. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be, that'd, that'd be funny. But anyway, but, but anyway um, Bijan Rob, Robinson, oh, well, actually, let me explain. Um, Miles Sanders is probably going to walk in free agency after having an amazing season. He's going to get, a, like, not a big bag, but a bag somewhere somewhere else. And even if and Kenneth Gainwell, I don't think is is a starter. To be honest, I think he's I think he's a great second option. And I think we need a starter. So I, and plus, uh, and plus, uh, my 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 the the fucking guy I was gonna take if 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 Keely Ringo was still here 
Like, I would have took probably Keeley Ringo, to be honest, if, if the Saints, if Adam didn't pick, didn't pick him for the Saints. But but since he, he got picked, I think the best, the next best option is Bijan. And I think he'll do wonders for this Eagles offense if, if he's here. Pair alongside Dylan Hurts. Yeah. I would cry if that happens. Anyway. Marco would cry, would cry harder. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Anyway, with the last pick, the 31st pick, I had the Kansas City Chiefs selecting Tuli Tui Pulo Tu. I think I, I keep forgetting how to pronounce his last name, but yes, he's the edge from USC. He's very good. I, and I had to pick him in the first round. They they need edge as well, outside George Karloftis, because Karlstam is just not it anymore. So, yeah. Super Bowl champs get a good pick to end our mock draft. And, well, yeah, that does it for our mock draft, man. We'll for sure be doing another one of these before the draft, which is in a month, as we said. So, yeah, it's pretty great. And then, well, Joan, uh, this literally just happened, like, a couple hours ago, but it's time to move on to UFC, man. UFC 285 just happened. And the highly return of John Jones back in the octagon after eight years to face Ciro Gone for the vacant heavyweight championship. Three and years. Take the floor. <laughs> yep, three years. You said eight. Oh my gosh, man. Uh, was, yeah, whatever. All right, so all right, so since we're here, I'm gonna talk about the prelims. I'm just gonna mention them because you know they had some good fights on them. Cody Garbrandt sadly won. <laughs> sadly won. Basically, basically the Trevin Jones, Trevin Jones said didn't like was too scared to throw anything. Derek Brunson got got beat down to to the point where his corner his corner threw in the towel. And Amanda Hebos had a good performance against Viviani Arujo. And now let's go to the main card. Let's go to the main card. Let's, all right, let's go. Bo, Bo Nickel versus wait, versus Jamie Pickett. This was a wrestling clinic by Bo Nickel, even though he got dropped in the first 10 seconds, which is crazy. <laughs> and, and Juan, let's just mention this. Like, let's just mention this first, like... What was even crazier, besides the wrestling clinic, besides him getting dropped, was he was a minus eighteen hundred favorite. That's the biggest favorite I've ever seen. And if Jamie Pickett would would have would have finished that fight, um, that would have been in terms of the betting odds the biggest the biggest upset in UFC history. I believe it. Yeah, but but anyway, um, after after fucking Bo Nickel got got. Got dropped. He got up and then start started trying to wrestle him through the cage. He got a, he got away with a knee, with a knee to the dick, which he some which somehow wasn't was, wasn't called for. But anyway, he took he got he got Jamie Pickett down and then he got he got his choke he got his choke in and he got well, I think it was a rear naked if I'm correct. Um, arm rear, triangle. Yeah, arm triangle. Yeah, shut up. An arm triangle quickly and then he Jamie Pickett tapped and yeah, Bo Nichols now four no. <laughs> Yeah. And then the next fight we got is Mataj Gamma versus Jalen Turner. This is like the one I'm gonna be honest, this is like the one I least remember. <laughs> huh. 
but like but like this was like from what from what i saw because i missed like the fucking first round because of some other shit i was doing like from what i saw mataj gamrat like was getting outstruck by jalen turner he, he got hurt by turner a lot during the fight during the striking but then once it got to the ground it was basically over like mataj controlled him like he didn't get i don't think he got any submissions off he was just like holding them to it and the he was just like holding him down, getting throwing some punches, showing off some good some of his good wrestling, and and the tarantula just couldn't handle just couldn't handle the wrestling. But like he, the ref st- the ref st- stood them up, and the tarantula hurt him. But he got he got into but Mataj got got the tarantula to the ground again, and yeah, the, he basically won because of that. All right, and the next fight we have is. Is our last one before the title fights is is Jeff Neal versus Shavkat Rachmanov, and this was a good fight to watch, man. Like this was a fun fight. Jeff Neal missed weight by like four, by like four pounds, and, and Shavkat took the fight anyway. And this was a really fun fight to watch. Like like Shavkat was trying to go for the takedown, it, it didn't really work because he Jeff Neal's too heavy probably, and. and uh, it was just a mostly a striking match, and it was really fun. It was back and forth. A lot of, a, a lot of brawl, a lot of brawling, brawling happened. Like a lot of tempo striking. Like Shaka first hurt him, first hit, hurt Jeff Neal with, with with a high kick with, with with a roundhouse that really rocked Jeff Neal and didn't finish him obviously. But Jeff Neal was firing back, was firing back some combinations of his own that that hurt Shaka. And then it was like a lot of brawling, a, a lot of that. And then Shavkat got like got him to the fence, got him to the clinch, where where he, he was trying to do his, his standing rear naked choke. And then he pulled he pulled his head back so so that his arm could get under the chin. And then Jeff Neal tapped, and yeah, it was an amazing performance by Shavkat. Show, showed a great chin as well. The hype chain continues for Shavkat, and yeah, and also also what did you say? Oh yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, he didn't get a takedown. He was over four, and then literally all of Jeff Neal's attempts were significant strikes. <laughs> <laughs> like look at that. I don't know if you see it, but yeah, they were all significant strikes. All sixty-nine out of his one hundred and forty-five landed were significant strikes. That's crazy. All right, let's go to our first title fight. Here is you can switch it. Yes, I got it. We got, yep. <laughs> you can see, you can see your face, so all, all happy and stuff. And, and you can notice one difference: it's not an and still. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alexa Grasso upset shocks the world in, in defeating Valentina Shevchenko, and it was a great fight. She defeated the Donna champion, and. And it was really shocking because, like, Valentina, like, I was, this was shocking to me alone that Valentina was getting out, that, that Grasso was out striking Valentina mostly during the fight. Like, I don't think she prepared for a, a southpaw, if I'm correct. If I, I, like, I'm, I'm really terrible with, with, with um, stances. I, th- I think that that's what Rogan said as well, yeah, that she wasn't prepared for a southpaw. Yeah, she. I don't think she might have been prepared for a southpaw. That's why, like, that's probably why, like, her left hands kept, like, Grosso's left hands kept landing a lot and winning a lot of those combinations. And then Valentino's actually getting to the ground a lot with with a lot of nice takedowns. Like, you can agree with that one. 
Definitely. With a lot of beautiful takedowns and held her held her for some time, but then like she got back up and then <laughs> and then and then like Valentina made an ill-advised spinning back kick, which which Grosso used that used that opportunity to take to take Valentina's back and and got the rear naked choking and 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 listen and and had to pull the the fucking head back so she can get the so she can like get it under the chin and then Val, Valentina like like for a second did one tap and then did not start tapping again for 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 a couple seconds and then I was trying to get out of it tapped again. Did a half-ass tap and, and and then yeah that's how the end of the fight, which it was it, it was <laughs> it it was it was really exciting for for us to watch because we got we got the first the first Mexican-born women's champion in MMA you know Mexico's been flying high lately you know Brandon Moreno got guys title back Yair Rodriguez got got the interim title and now and now Alexa Grasso we just need Canelo to win. And yeah, Alexa Grasso won, won by submission by rear naked choke, and it was really impre- it was a really impressive choke. And they're gonna they're gonna have a rematch for they're gonna have an, an immediate rematch for sure. I think you can probably agree with that. I mean, yeah, Valentina like immediately asked for it. Yeah, yeah, she's gonna do an immediate rematch with such a dominant reign. Yeah, she probably most likely is. And just a just a great win by but just a great performance by. Sh- by Grasso, and yeah, this is it's just amazing, amazing performance. Shocked the world as well. Absolutely. And I now with my dad, man, and it was great. Yeah. So, and now, but, so sorry. There we go. And now with our main event, as you can see on that picture, you can see the, the sexy man right there. <laughs> um, John Jones has defeated Cyril Gunn to become a, a double champ in the UFC. First, John Jones with his first fight back in nine, eight years, Adam, three years, and to, to become the UFC heavyweight champion as and fought Seal Gone. And, and at first, at first, I didn't even know what the fuck he tapped to. Like, right? From the camera angle, yeah, you couldn't see at all. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't see what the hell he tapped to. So I was like, I was like, what did he? Wait, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Wait, why did he tap? And and then like and then like they had to show another angle where like he actually did get the choke, and I think it was, I think it was another rear naked as well. Jesus, it was a, it's like, uh, it was, I think it was a guillotine. Map. Oh, guillotine! It was a guillotine choke on Cyril on Gun, and like. Jones was trying to get him to the ground, and so it's like on the striking, like Seal's movement was giving him a lot of problems, like during that fight. And the only strike he took was a kick to the dick, hmm. which and, was in the first ten seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and John Jones did not eye poke, so that's good. And like Jones, like was get was getting gone to once he got him to the ground, it was it was kind of over. Like I think he knew like once he got him to the ground, it would be over. Because like Jesus, Gon's wrestling was really bad against Francis Ngannou, which Francis Ngannou is not a wrestler. And oh uh, yeah, and also Francis never gonna, is never going to come back, so we're probably never going to see John Jones versus, versus Francis Ngannou. So that's sad. That's sad for us. But anyway, um, John Jones, like you know, he's gone to the ground. Gon was was trying to get back up, pulled him back down, 
and and then he got him to the fence, and then and then he got him to got him to like into the mounted rear naked choke, and then like he tapped, like his arm was under, and he's tapped, like we didn't fucking know at first, like what the hell he tapped to, and then he had shown another angle, John Jones, a, a, a sensational performance by him, still not the goat yet for me, still not yet, he's still not the goat to me yet, but. But yeah, a, a great performance, a double champ in the UFC now, and just just one of the greatest fighters of all time, and and I think he's gonna fight Stipe Miocic next. So we're gonna have the greatest light heavyweight versus the greatest heavyweight fight, fight. So that's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be a banger, and to see John Jones win in two and a half minutes, I mean, I I was in shock. I was in complete shock. I like my jaw hit the floor. I was like, he's back, man. The goat is back. In my opinion, he's the goat. But man, uh, and he is now a champion in light heavyweight and heavyweight. That wow, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And he did that in two and a half minutes. He beat the number one contender, Seattle Gunn. After his only loss was to Francis Ngannou, who was the heavyweight champ for however long now. Bro, like, also, there was, like, that weird-ass moment before he got in the cage, right? Yeah, well, with, the, with the tape on his toe, they made him cut it off. Yeah, they made him cut it off, which, like, I, I think, I, I, I don't know the rules about that, but, like, I think they, I think they just wanted him to put, like, the fucking, like, leg, the leg sleeve on him rather, rather than... Rather than have the tape, I don't know what difference that makes, but I think that's why. But they made it, they cut it off, and uh, and it was really fucking weird. But yeah, but yeah, John Jones, you know, one of the greatest of all time, and just a sensational performance. After three years out of the UFC to come back and do that, yeah. And also, John Jones literally called it, too. He, he was like, I think Cyril's the most incomplete fighter. He basically was talking some shit to him. And, yeah, he ran right through him. It's incredible. All right. All right. We got our next one, which is like going to be our final one we're going to talk about for, yes. for this right now. Yes. We got right now. You see you see them right now. You see they you see them. We got Piotr Jan, the former bantamweight champ, Piotr Jan, coming back coming back to fight after his somehow loss to, to Sean O'Malley. <laughs> Adam keeps insisting that he won. <laughs> yeah, I'm joking, but yeah, he he won. But, but yeah, Piotrion should should have won that fight. But anyway, but he's on a two he's on a two fight loss streak, so he's looking to rebound again against against surging bantamweight contender Marab Dwalishvili, who's coming off of a boring ass win over Jose Aldo. And and yeah, I think this should be a good fight, Highline, as you can see, Highline main event of UFC Fight Night, and I think it's gonna be a really exciting fight. Like you know, Styles get. Styles can like make make matchups once again. Styles make fights, whatever the fucking term is, and this could be. I think Jan could be a good style for Dwalish. Really, I think. I think like if it like Dwalish really like he's gonna he's gonna go for the fucking takedown. That's where he's gonna go. He's gonna go to that or just hold him in the in the fucking clinch for for like for like twenty five minutes straight, and 
And I think I feel like once like Jan, I mean, I mean once Swash really could could like go for like one of those. I feel like Jan is fast enough to to like catch him with either a knee or like an uppercut because like Jesus, he's he's fucking fast as fuck. And and yeah, Jan and Jan is a good wrestler as well. Has he show has he showed in the fucking Sean O'Malley fight? He has good wrestling as well. Along with his supreme boxing, Jesus, he's been boxing since he was 15. Like fast hands, good boxing, good striking, an amazing jab from Jan. Well, Wallace really has, you know, the wrestling and and not that much strike. His striking is terrible, but his strike, his wrestling and grappling is, is superb, really good. And and if Marab takes Jan to the Jan to the ground, I think he could give Jan some troubles on on the ground, possibly hold him down for a bit. But I think Jan would get back up. But if but if if Jan stuffs all Marab's takedowns, he's in trouble. Marab's in trouble. And 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 if that happens, it could end quickly right here. But Marab Marab has a good chin, as you know, as you know, as in his modern rice fight, he took a fucking beating. And, and and he somehow did not like lose. I mean, not, he, I mean he somehow did not fucking get knocked out. He got he went down twice when he was getting the fucking shit beat out of him, and, and the ref didn't call it. So, and, and he came back to win through his wrestling. Man, just amazing stuff from from Rob. Do and if you want, who I think would win? I don't know, man. Like, I think and also and also another factor in this is Aljamain Sterling. As you know, Marab is teammates is teammates with with Aljamain Sterling, the current bantamweight champ, who who is gonna fight Henry Cejudo in 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 a bit. But but Aljo has fought Pure Yon two times and beat Yon. I think it could give some insight to to Marab on, on like on like where his weaknesses are and on 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 like where on like the striking and. And, and, and like yeah, and, and they can possibly feign a takedown. And I think Alger could be a good factor. I think he might be in his corner most likely. But yeah, I think if you want, I think that I think Piotr Jan is gonna win. Is gonna win via knockout in the second round. I, I think his striking is too good, and he can keep up with with Marab's wrestling. And his hands are too fast for Marab, and and Marab's striking is terrible. So, I think Piotr is going to win by knockout get, and get and get back into the win column. And yeah, and yeah, um, I think he's still the number one bantamweight in the world behind Al Aljo. And yeah, I think Jan is going to win. All right, all right, and that's the end of the fucking episode, man. Like. <laughs> That's the that's the end of the episode. It was hopefully an uh, a soothing. Um, I don't know, like what else do you call it? Like a, a good. I hope look. you I hope you guys like this new style that we have. Yeah, a new style where we just use images, like look more professional. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And this this is just a good episode all around, and it, we're filming this really late, like we usually do. Yeah. And uh, we and if you want to know how we've been doing, um, we've been fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've been all right. Like nothing's really too happened besides this. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that, but anyway, I don't know why. But anyway, um, that's well, nothing's really happened. Just school and all of that with us. Nothing really too major. 
And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. So, I'm John. And I'm Adam. This is the Sports Season Podcast signing off.